Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for choosing Pilot Program. We ask that you please fasten your seatbelts and put your tray tables in the upright and locked position. Enjoy your flight. Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away. If you can use some exotic booze, there's a bar in far Bombay. Come on and fly with me. Let's fly, let's fly away. Come fly with me. Let's Good afternoon, passengers. This is your Captain Chase Kenneke speaking. Today is May 9th. 9th. May the 9th be with you. Uh, 2023. Uh, the current temperature, I don't know, it's fucking hot outside. That's all I know. Um, and it's and it's sunny. It's sunny and hot. It's Missouri. It sucks. Uh, <laughs> along with me is my co-pilot, Pierce Corshane. How are you doing, Pierce? Is it is it better uh, in the eastern neck of the woods? So in the northeast right now, it is perfect. It is mid-70s and sunny every day. It was every day last week, and it's every day this week. It's amazing. Man, that's nice. Um, yeah, we just, we'd had a weekend where it dipped into the forties, it got up into the nineties and it rained off and on all weekend. It was the most Missouri weekend ever. Sounds about right. This is not interesting to anyone who has not lived in Missouri. I suppose so. You lucky people with, uh, (laughs) with good weather. That's just normal all the time. Um, anyway, you saw the, the title of this episode as we came in, we're talking about sailor moon, the, uh, the 1992 anime, uh, also known as Bishoujo sense senshi sailor moon, also known as pretty soldier sailor moon, also known as pretty guardian sailor moon. Uh, but for us in the West, it's it's usually just Sailor Moon. Did you? Um, I don't think you put anything about the different names. Like, do you have a? Can you give us a brief history of why there are so many different names? I think part of it is just translation stuff. Um, okay. the, the pretty soldier versus pretty guardian. I think that's somebody just saying, eh, maybe it translates a little better to this. Um, I know in Japan, I believe they they added the pretty soldier part. Okay. I, I think I think it was just Sailor Moon at one point. Well, we'll get into a little bit more of the origin stuff. Sailor Moon is not the first thing in this series. There was a another manga called Codename Sailor V that was like a one shot thing that then when the author uh, was expanding it, she ended up making a whole new series. And that's what Sailor Moon is. But Sailor V is Sailor Venus and Sailor Venus shows up eventually. We'll we'll get into some of that sure. stuff uh, or we won't because Sailor <laughs> Sailor Venus does not show up in the first it, episode it does of seem, Sailor Moon. Yeah, it does seem hard to parse out even. So, again, let's talk about our um, history with the series real quick. Yeah, I have never seen Sailor Moon outside of like clips on Toonami growing up and probably advertisements. So I went yeah, into this completely I, blind. I'd never seen a single episode. I certainly hadn't seen the first episode. Uh, I'm in a I'm in a similar boat. Uh, I didn't have Cartoon Network growing up. I had Nickelodeon, uh, which I've probably mentioned before, and I'll probably mention again. You have, but, yeah. Uh, and <laughs> it, it makes you sound like a weird church person. Um, it is weird. It is weird. Uh, I mean, I got to watch Rugrats and Rocket Power and things like that, and that, that was cool, but I also missed out on... Um, Shows Tsunami. that I think I probably would have liked a lot more, including yes, everything on Toonami um, and Dexter's Lab and Powerpuff Girls and all that cool stuff, which I eventually got into once I did get that channel. But um, so I'd have to go over to friends' houses, and you know they'd have they'd have 
Cartoon Network on and I'd go, oh, look at this. This is this exotic treasure. <laughs> <laughs> this edgy um, version of my family friendly content that I'm consuming at home. Uh, oh, yeah. Edgy. Uh, I remember <laughs> going to a friend's house and seeing uh, one episode of Sailor Moon. I cannot remember anything about it other than it was obviously Sailor Moon. And then after that, it was Ham Taro which was the anime mm. about the little anime hamsters. Yeah. Um, and I thought Hamtaro was very cute. Um, so, yeah, I, I also went in relatively blind. I, I knew of Sailor Moon and, and certainly know its its reach, but I did not know anything specific about the series. So this was quite eye opening to me. Uh, Pierce, before we get further into Sailor Moon, did you watch any more Keenan and Kel from our no. last episode? No, absolutely yeah. not. Neither did I. I I refuse to get Paramount Plus, um, and and I mean I guess it's also on Netflix. But I I am staying firm. I'm not getting Netflix again until I have a real reason to. And so far, I have not been given a real reason. I think I'm for some reason I'm always a Netflix apologist. I always find things that interest me on that streaming service. Um, yeah. But I'm also, I mean, and maybe this is a preview for Sailor Moon. I'm not about to watch it kid show by myself at this point um, <laughs> well my, I, my child is a year and a half so she's not really interested in watching many shows yeah, other than Coco give her Mellon. time yeah um <laughs> so maybe in a couple of years i'll i'll tune back into it yeah fair enough i will say if you are a netflix subscriber uh you should go uh to your phone iphone i think any phone uh and download into the breach which is one of the best video games ever and is free to you if you have a netflix subscription there's so Um, many other ways to do that (laughs) there are you should you should totally just download it from steam or on your switch or another way but and that's why i don't have a netflix subscription but uh, it is a great game if you want one of the best games of all time for free with your Netflix subscription, that is a thing you can do. And then you can watch some Keenan and Kel while you do it. Um, you can't watch Sailor Moon, though. Uh, that's on Hulu now. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll talk about that later. Let's get into Sailor Moon itself. Sailor Moon first aired in Japan, March 7th, 1992 on TV uh, Sahi. I believe that's how you pronounce it. In the U.S., uh, it went through first-run syndication. Pierce, do you know what first-run syndication is other than the note that I have here that explains it? No, and I, and I have the note covered right now by my windows, so um, I don't know what it is Sorry. even now, really. So I get to teach you something. Uh, yeah. So the, the show was in first-run syndication in 1995 in the U.S. So first-run syndication means a program that's broadcast for the first time as a syndicated show. You, usually you have to have a certain amount of episodes before you can gain syndication, uh, but this is something that it's it's just... I guess it's cheaper to do as a thing like that. So it's it's made specifically to sell directly into syndication and is not part of a particular network. So it's not this is not NBC's Sailor Moon. This is is like this is almost the precursor to the rights battle that we have now and that there are a bunch of episodes that are made and they're being sold to these different networks. Yeah, but But I think the case is like it's not exclusive. It's, hey, there's this we have this batch of episodes here and anybody can anybody can buy them from us. But it's not it's not yours at that point. It's just that you have it available to you if you want to pay for it. Um, I think that's the case. Somebody can write in and tell us that I have no idea what, how syndication works, and I'll agree with you. Um, but this is, <laughs> you this say is the, the little bit of research that I did. Um, but then we did mention Cartoon Network and Toonami. Um, the show would resurface on those channels in uh, uh, in 1998. I think it was also briefly on the USA Network um, okay. at one point as well. Um, but that's that's 
that's where you could find it then. Uh, The showrunner creator, the anime was directed, or at least the first season was directed by Junichi Sato. Uh, He did storyboards on Zeta Gundam, which is uh, one of one of my anime favorites, and also Neon Genesis Evangelion, which is one of the few anime pierces scenes. So I wanted to make sure I mentioned that. Uh, He also directed a ton of other anime, but I'm not really familiar with uh, any of them. So we're not going to mention him here. But uh, Junichi Sato is uh, is a pretty well-known anime figure. Um, But the whole show is based on a manga by Nako uh, Takeuchi. 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 I took Japanese in, in college. It didn't go well. Um, and Refer like we back to our Blue Blazes episode for that history lesson. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, totally. Um, but but this the, the manga is a sequel of sort to kind of the dry run that was Codename Sailor V. Um, as we talk about the episode, there is even a, a mention of a uh, Sailor V that is going around that is like doing vigilante stuff. And the the main character here is like, ooh, I don't, I don't even know anything about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of setting you up of, ooh, there's there's some more characters here to find, and and we'll see what happens with that. Uh, I mean, we won't because we only watched the first episode, but somebody who watches Sailor Moon would would see. We watch every first episode of every television. Show. It's true. It's true. So so we watch much more than just the first episode <laughs> in, in the scope of the medium. Yes. Uh, So what is Sailor Moon? Sailor Moon is a 1992 shoujo show and also a magical girl anime, a shoujo show for those not familiar with uh, Japanese editorial uh, types. Uh, It is it is for young girls. It translates to young girl um, in Japanese, um, particularly anime and manga that is meant for girls or young adult women. Other types of editorial uh, type other Editorial types are like uh, shonen manga, which is for more adolescent boys. Uh, there's seinen manga, which is for young adult and adult men, and then jose manga is for adult women. So this is sort of like know. the the distinction of like uh, young adult and literary fiction, or yeah, early a little to bit, middle. Or, yeah, like it, almost not... like we, we don't really have a, a equivalent uh, in the U.S. for tv shows but i feel like we do for books yeah i mean we have ratings we we certainly have oh this is y7 this is do we even still do those on in the streaming culture like you don't see it (laughs) pop up on the corner that this is tv ma i guess you do if you are watching something that has aired on network television at some point right but even that is is more of a it's less of a genre classification more of a content classification that right yeah exactly so so even that is imperfect but yeah we don't really i think it's just more of an implication somebody sees something and goes oh that's probably for you like you look at teenage mutant ninja turtles and you go that's for young boys i guess um it's it's less hey here is the section where it says here's all the stuff we made for young boys um, sure. I don't know. You go into an Oshkosh Bagosh or something and you go, this is this is where the young boys. Wow. You are an elder stuff. millennial for sure. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I don't know why that's the one I pulled out, but uh, that, that is the one I pulled out. Um, uh, Sailor Moon stars Usagi Tsukino. She is 14. She's in the eighth grade. She's a little clumsy and a bit of a crybaby. And that's literally what they tell us at the beginning of the anime. Um, the English dub says she's a klutz and she's teased for being emotional. 
so they've, they've made a slight change there. Uh, Usagi, along with four other girls who we do not meet in this first episode, form a team um, who balance fighting the forces of evil with being teenage girls and all the things that go in with that. Mm-hmm. Um, just a little note here for listeners. we I, I watched three different versions <laughs> of this first episode. Pierce, I believe, watched two. But I we watched, watched two, yes. Okay. So we watched the the original Japanese subtitled version of Sailor Moon. Um, and then there are a couple of different dubs of the of the show. There's an English dub that was done by Deke, uh, D.I.C. Um, they did the first two seasons in 1995. And then another uh, once it got on Toonami, <sighs> The show was the show wasn't super popular when it came out on in first run syndication. And then it kind of went away and then it was on USA Network and then it also kind of went away and then it got on Cartoon Network and it became pretty popular on Cartoon Network to the point that uh, people said, we, we want more of this. And Cartoon Network Toonami said, OK, there, there is more of this. We just it, it wasn't it wasn't ever dubbed before. So we'll dub, we'll call these the lost episodes. I think there were 17 of them uh, and they got a, another uh, company to dub those and that company was called Cloverway so they did the next two seasons uh, of Sailor Moon in the year 2000 and then there's also a third dub but it's a second whole dub um, and that was done by Viz Media in 2014 and that one is the most faithful to the original Japanese. So watching right. the original Japanese sub or watching this new one, that's the one on Hulu right now. Um, that's the one you'll find everywhere. Th- those are kind of the same. It's just one's in English and one's in Japanese. But the the Deke one in 1995 is also really interesting because they made a lot of changes. And we'll talk about some of those as, can, uh, as we move on. I can totally see why um, certain anime collections are collectible on physical media because yeah is it like you did all the work for me and sent me these episodes but <laughs> is it hard to find certain dubs from certain years especially if they did different casts like i think if you were a hardcore fan you would probably want to see all of them right a- anime is really weird when you get into so i mean the, you have a certain yeah, you have a certain amount of people who go subs are the way to go. These sure, well, even, even I know about that because, distinction. Yeah, well, yeah, but you even have uh, crazy people who are like, okay, well, here, here are the different fan subs. These were done at different times by different different audiences. In fact, uh, there will be different fan subbing communities that that even uh, through their own <laughs> through their own sub, they put a, a little credit at the beginning of the show, where usually you just credit yourself as the fan sub. We're the ones who subbed this episode. Uh, <laughs> but I think it was Dragon Ball or something like that, where one fan sub community was shitting on a different fan sub community because, oh, we get our episodes out faster. These guys fucking suck at translation. And then there was almost a war, but the war would happen in the credit sections of the fan subs. For oh, these my things. God. So all that's fucking wild. And then you get into dubs and, and like the stuff you mentioned. So the, the Deke dub Deke, I believe, is a Canadian company. So you got a bunch of uh, Canadians uh, who are who were not um, 
necessarily voice actors and who might have just been regular actors that they could pull and, and grab for some of this stuff or or bit part actors or you know, just wh- whoever they could get, honestly. Uh, and they they would put together these these dubs. And, you know, that's that's official. That's out there. You can have that. Uh, but something like the Viz dub in 2014, Viz is a is a much bigger, uh, much more prominent. And also it's 2014 versus 1995. That's the technology is different. The the industry is different. So you got the culture a lot different. more popular. I think Absolutely. there's, a, there's people, the money's bigger too. The money's bigger. And I think people, you know, we live in a world that is much more globalized than it was in 1995. And I think some of the cultural differences aren't that big of a deal. Uh, totally uh, absolutely so in in that deke dub in 95 they made a a lot of changes like uh we mentioned the the main character of sailor moon is named usagi sukino uh not in the deke version she's named serena um because that's that's a more american name that we can get get behind um there were some other substantial changes as well uh they anytime there would be a car (laughs) they they literally flipped the 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 image just so ridiculous appears, because I was yeah. never looking at the car. No, certainly not. But if you were a little kid and you're like, why are they driving on the left side of the car? Uh, because they're they in a different it. country. You dumb little kid. <laughs> like people are different elsewhere in the world. Well, it's tough to tell. They also, they, <laughs> uh, in 1990, in, in this, in this dub, in this cut, they also cut out a lot of the Japanese language stuff. That was just incidental stuff like billboards or, um, there's a, there's a scene in the first episode where they just show an establishing shot of the school and you see the big plaque of the school that has the name on it. They cut that out of the deep, dub because it had a bunch of Japanese characters on it. And yeah, we don't need that. Um, that would make it look like it's Japan and not America. I mean, this is the same thing that got us the Pokemon donuts and not uh, instead of rice balls. Um, like Brock, sure. Brock's yeah. really good at making these jelly donuts like those. Those are clearly Onigiri's, but whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> um there were also some some gender changes to avoid homosexuality because uh, there were some girls who were dating. In fact, two of the the sailor soldiers, uh, Neptune and Uranus, I believe, are are dating are a couple in the uh, in the show. Uh, in the in the original show and in the Deke version, they're just the best of cousins. You know, we're just <laughs> oh, we're just boy. really we're just really friendly cousins. Um, so so the Deke version has a lot of a lot of changes some people would say a lot of issues but also that's the version a lot of people grew up with and they like that version it has a it has its own theme song that is similar to the original japanese theme song but it has english uh english lyrics to it and those are the ones that people remember because that's the one when it came on um so uh, all all of these are kind of valid in a way but also to your point it is difficult to find some of these shows uh it's it's hard to find the deep cut now if especially in our world of streaming because hulu only has the viz version uh in both english and the original japanese um so if you're gonna try to look for the original deke you have to look for somebody who's uploaded that either on youtube or on uh an even more nefarious um service the dark uh, web Yes, yes. Or you have to be one of those absolutely crazy people and go find fucking VHS tapes or or old DVDs. No, those are the same six episodes per DVD. They're the only ones sane in this world. (laughs) 
the physical, um, the people that worship physical media as I do are oh, yeah. the ones that are really living for the now. I mean, definitely not denying anything. People can't see it on our audio only podcast here, but behind me, there is a VHS copy of the Super Mario Brothers movie right next to a VHS copy of the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Not not like the animated the anime one. Um, the video yeah. version of this podcast is available to our patrons. If someone would like to, <laughs> uh, we should we should we should set up a Patreon if that's the case. <laughs> um, yeah, that'd be scary. Then they'd be like, "Oh, look at look at YouTube guys. We don't we shouldn't pay attention to anything you say." Um, <laughs> but it is it is weird. Um, I, I, another popular one that's out like right now, Evangelion. There is sure. There is a different dub because Netflix, when they bought it, uh, or at least bought the the licensing distribution to it for this this time, this this license, they got a whole new cast for it. And if that's the cast you watched when you watched Evangelion, you're getting kind of a different experience. It also had a different um, a different script to it. Like a lot of it is is basically the same, but there are some other things that got softened, um, some other language that that got changed in in really subtle ways. That fans of Evangelion, I don't know if you know this, uh, they're pretty rabid. Uh, they're they're gonna notice what you change, and uh, and some of those fans are not happy with the Netflix version. And then you have the the rebuild movies of Evangelion that still use the old cast uh, because that's not done by Netflix and that's still done by the people who had the first cast before. Uh, yeah, it, it gets really messy. Uh, one of the reasons I didn't want to do anime until episode 10, it gets messy. <laughs> yeah, um, it, it is messy. And, and I think also you, I th- we always read into things more than maybe you should, but that's the point of this podcast. Um, yeah. But I also, it's unfortunate that this also speaks to the disposability of voice actors. Um, and and scriptwriters and and we're going through it right now there's a strike like this is this is a uh tale as old as time when it comes to yeah. television writing and acting and, and especially in, in animated uh communities like it's just very interesting and and it's i'm not i'm not saying i know the solution to how to make this better but i think accessibility and rights are so complicated that it is super frustrating that it is hard to find the different parts of the a history of a very, very important anime. And I don't watch anime, but I know what Sailor Moon is. And yep. it's too bad that so much of that history is just sort of forgotten or erased. Right. And and I think a lot of people might say uh, the, the Viz version is great. This this 2014 version, it's it's fantastic. It is uh, in, in like it is faithful to the original show and, and the original manga. Uh, in a way that makes fans really appreciate it. And in some ways, it's righting a wrong that Deke made in 1995 of, sure. of changing all this shit. But then again, there is a transformative, which is a bit of a pun because these girls uh, transform into magical girls. Uh, but there is a transformative nature of we made we made this localized version. And even though it's quote unquote wrong in some aspects, it's also the version that people grew up with and they have attachment to and maybe they still call Usagi Serena just because that's that's my Sailor Moon. Uh Pierce Brosnan is my James Bond guy. Hell it, yeah. And I won't, and that's I won't right. take any of this Daniel Craig bullshit. Uh, um, I don't care if he only made one good bond. He is my bond. <laughs> He's the one in the video game. <laughs> Casino Royale. 
Well, oh, oh no, I thought you were talking about Daniel Craig. No, Daniel Pierce Craig's Brosnan, only, Pierce, yeah. yeah, Daniel Craig's only good Bond is Casino Royale, right? Well, sure, but okay. also Pierce Brosnan's only good Bond is is Goldeneye. The the You're other wrong the other... about that. The world is not Excuse... enough is a fine film. It is a terrible movie. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, but it's a terrible movie. Um, Halle Let's... Berry could not save Die Another Day. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, Let's let's talk about the different let's let's continue on because I I think I'm going to defend the Deke version a little bit more than I actually anticipated. That's cool. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Um, but yes, let's talk about some voice actors here. So, uh, Usagi Tsukino in Japanese is voiced by Kai Araki. She is also the voice of Felicia in the Darkstalkers and other Capcom games with Felicia in it. Uh, she's the cat girl with blue hair, if yep. you uh, remember her. Uh, she's also the vo- uh, voice of Kari in Digimon. And she's also the voice of Sabrina, the, uh, the psychic Pokemon gym leader in the Pokemon anime. Now, uh, the Deke version of Usagi or Serena, I guess, um, the first English one uh, is voiced by Terry Hawks. She is the voice of Baby Hugs Bear in the Care Bear (laughs) movie uh, and Care Bears TV show. Uh, She's also uh, she also plays live action. uh, Jellico, I think is how you pronounce that name in Cube Zero, a movie I have seen that is fucking awful. Pierce, have you seen uh, have you seen Cube, the the first Cube movie? Okay, that movie is good. It's like one of those movies that was made on a shoestring budget that ends up being really cool. It's a it's a movie about people in a in a cubed prison uh, and all the rooms of the cube look exactly the same, but they're all booby trapped in some different ways and. Like there's an there's an autistic person who's like really good at Rain Man math and I get so anxious during this part because you just go on tangents when you list all of these credentials. Uh, Here, here's the here's the quick and easy thing. Cube one is fantastic. Cube two, Hypercube is fucking god awful. They never made a Cube three. They didn't make a Cube cubed. What the fuck is wrong with you? Uh, But they did make a Cube zero. That's like an origin story. That's that's also god awful and then uh japan later has made their own uh version of cube that i'm very excited to watch someday uh that's all you need to know but i just saw cube zero and went oh my god i (laughs) i hated that movie it's so bad uh and then she also played adrienne in one episode of beverly hills 90210 okay so you can see you can see serena in uh in live action if you want uh because again these these are not strictly voice actors these are just actors that that deke could could get uh but if you want to get the the newest version of usagi the viz version that is uh voiced by stephanie shea i think that i think it's pronounced shea she's the voice of hinata Huga in naruto that's uh that's naruto's wife eventual wife um and you're a big Naruto fan, Naruto head. I was, I just, that was, that was solely for you. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Looking forward to doing Naruto one day with you. It's going to yeah, be great. Yeah. I'm the expert. Um, just like Nash. <laughs> she's the voice of Tharia and uh, Shell in Fire Emblem Awakening, which are two of the hardest names to pronounce in Fire Emblem Awakening. Uh, and she's also the voice of Mitsuha uh, Mia, Mia Mizu. Mia, yeah. Mia, yeah. Mia Mizu in Your Name, the, uh, the big the big anime film, the most popular anime film ever. Akira. Um, yeah. Mitsu is the main ghost in the shell. In what? I'm just naming the actual most popular anime films of all time. Well, I, I mean the one that, that 
people have spent the most money on. <laughs> I hey, I like Ghost in the Shell. Don't get me wrong. This but. is me peering behind the curtain, and instead of porn back there, it's just anime and you. And that's curtain. why I didn't go back there again. Again, folks, folks for the folks for the uh, this audio only version don't get to see. There's literally a poster of <laughs> uh, Mobile Suit Gundam F91 and Mobile Suit Zeta Gundam on the wall. Uh, you do love right your gunpla. I, I do. Oh, God, there's so much fucking gunplay in here that is unbuilt. It's uh, the closet. The closet is to the point of like you can't fit any more boxes in here. You actually have to build some of these things. That's uh, why you should support on. us on Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have Chase a Patreon. needs more gunpla. <laughs> I don't need more gunpla, and we don't need a Patreon uh, <laughs> now, at least. Uh, let's talk about uh, Keiko Han, who is the Japanese voice of both Luna, the cat, and Queen Beryl, mm-hmm. who is uh, at least the big enemy for for this episode. Um, she is also the voice of Lala Soon in Mobile Suit Gundam. That's for me. Uh, and she's also the voice of Professor Ivy in the Pokemon anime. She's the, the one who surfs on the Orange Island. She's got purple hair. Uh, she's pretty cool. A lot of people think she's gay. She's like the first gay po- character in Pokemon. But I think that's uh, I think that's people stretching. Projection. I don't think uh, the yeah, I don't think the anime says that at all. Um, in. English for the Viz version. I only did the Deke version of uh, of Usagi. I Pierce always thinks this is too long anyway, so I at least made it made it less terrible for him. It is. <laughs> uh, Listeners, I, I only did three different characters here. Hit us up on um, Patreon and let us know if this section's too long because he needs to hear it from someone else. Other stop than saying we have a Patreon. <laughs> um, <laughs> Michelle Ruff does the voice of Luna in the Viz version of the English dub. She is also the voice of Yukari Takeba in Persona 3 and her subsequent appearances in different Persona stuff like Persona 4 Arena. Uh, She is the voice of Crimson Viper in Street Fighter 4 and any Crimson Viper stuff that shows up after Street Fighter 4. And she's also the voice of Cream the Rabbit in all of the Sonic the Hedgehog stuff that, that Cream the Rabbit shows up in. Uh, and then for Queen Barrel's English voice actor for Viz, that is Cindy Robinson. She is the voice of Paprika in Paprika or Paprika. They, I think they pronounce it as Paprika, but whatever. Uh, she's also the voice of Amy Rose in all of the Sonic stuff. And she's also the voice uh, of Megan Lewis, who is the Purge emergency broadcast system voice in all of the Purge movies and Purge oh, TV hey, shows. Oh, hey, a part of the Purge verse. That's yeah. that's a mailbox yes, check. That's, that's yeah. our first Purge verse uh, <laughs> <laughs> actor. Tune in next time and see if anybody from The Shield was also in The Purge. Yeah, the PCU, if you will. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Little uh, little spoiler for the next thing we'll do. We'll talk about it at the end of the show. Um, <laughs> last last uh, character, two more voice actors. Tuxedo Mask in Japanese is Toro Fuyura or Furuya. Um, he's he's important. He's an important guy because he's also the voice of Amuro Ray. He's the original boy in the Gundam in Mobile Suit Gundam. Uh, he's also the voice of Yamcha in all the Dragon Ball shit. People like Yamcha. Uh, and then he's also he's also been the voice of Mario. Maybe you've heard of him. He's um, got, this guy's he's kind of a, a big wig over here. He is. He's, 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 like. an, he's an he's an important man. Um, but uh, he was the voice of Mario in a number of like smaller animated Mario things and, and shows in Japan. Um, he also voices. Here's a bonus one for you. He also voices uh, Amaro 
in uh, Birdie Wing Girls Golf Story, which is a currently airing anime that is like the Dragon Ball Z of golf. And it's published or it's being put out by Bandai, who also puts out the um, the Gundam stuff. So he <laughs> they literally just made a character named Amuro who's good at golf and got the guy who actually voiced Amuro to be Amuro in this show as well. This is what's crazy to me about anime is that people are like, oh, it's a golf anime it's a volleyball anime it's a whatever anime and it's like that's Uh, just its own genre and there's yeah thousands of shows like 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 the the girl literally says like oh it's i'm gonna hit this ball with my blue bullet and like she has like a blue trail off of her driver and she smashes the ball and it goes only like three feet farther than than the girl who just hit the ball regularly uh but everybody's like oh god look at look at how crazy that was um she eventually hits it with a rainbow (laughs) bullet it's fantastic it's 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 a fantastic anime um her like special move is to slam the ball and it hits the it hits the flag of the of the hole and then it just drops down into the hole from the flag that's her that special dream. move is like yeah. oh i can just fucking hit the flag whenever essentially I want. essentially just hot um, shots golf yes absolutely oh but it's so good um one of the characters also has pac-man on her golf ball because bandai namco is the is the company and they just like ah fuck it we'll we'll put a little pac-man on there also there are gunpla in the show just one of the girls like i collect gunpla uh so you know obviously i love the show Uh, (laughs) um and then lastly also tuxedo mask but in the viz english version is robbie damon who are damon who uh voices chai in the recently released hi-fi rush hey. uh, on out on game pass now uh he's also the voice of prompto from final fantasy 15 and he's also been the voice of spider-man in various things most notably the 2017 uh cartoon show hmm. pierce would you like to give us a synopsis of what happens in this episode of sailor moon i i guess i mean i'm kind of mad that you wrote this and it's four paragraphs long <laughs> it's it's as short as I can do. Usagi, uh, help me with the last name again. Is it Sukino? Sukino mm-hmm. is an airheaded eighth grader. She's late for school, but still finds time to save a cat from being picked on by some kids. When she gets to school, she learns she's done very poorly on her last test. Her friend Naru tries to cheer her up, first by talking about a cool hero of justice named Sailor V that's been going around town stopping crime. And then, with the allure of a jewelry store sale happening at Naru's family store, pair go to the store after school but it's swarmed with women and girls and usagi leaves with nothing good thing too because all of the jewelry is actually draining the spirit energy from these women as this turns out to be the plot to collect this energy for a mysterious villain named queen barrel to give an even more mysterious villain uh energy i guess <laughs> that we're not yeah, shown we're, we're not we're not shown they don't really explain who this is at least not in this version the deep yeah, version it, says it outright a, but we'll talk a, about that a little bit of a um, yeah. While back at home, Usagi is confronted by the cat she saved. This cat is called Luna and bestows the power of Sailor Moon onto Usagi. Just in time for her to learn about Naru and the women at the jewelry store and how they are in danger. Sailor Moon rushes over, but doesn't seem to have what it takes to fight the monster. She's briefly saved by an enigmatic, that's a tough word, uh, tuxedo mask, uh, aforementioned by the big name voice actor mm-hmm. and with some coaching from luna sailor moon is able to use her special tiara move and dust the monster and save the day though the whole school is buzzing about this mysterious sailor moon usagi can't even enjoy her moment in the sun because she's too tired and falls asleep in class i'm, I'm so proud when somebody 
reads my words. It's very nice. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's you did a great job. Long winded. Despite, despite, despite the messing up of enigmatic, but you know, what, what enigmatic is a, is a, is a word that is tough for anyone. Even someone as articulate <laughs> and smart as me with a Patreon. <laughs> uh pierce what what are your what are your thoughts on uh, so, on sailor moon so i watched off the off the rip yeah just a, a recap i watched the original subversion first and and then i watched the original dub version uh, the geek version yep. and uh you know i when i watched the subversion i was confused <laughs> A lot of the time, because I didn't know who was Sailor Moon. Because they're speaking I, in Japanese, Pierce. Oh, that's it. Oh, gotcha. You got to um, read the. They have little subtitles there at the bottom. Those are in English. You can read okay, those. Okay. It helps out. So, your initial sort of um, introduction to any sort of figure named Sailor Moon is the, the superhero that's been fighting crime on the side, and I thought they and she looks just like usagi so i was like oh this is a classic case where like usagi's just hiding this from the the audience and also her friends and she's the do you, do you mean when they're talking about sailor v sailor v you thought yes you thought sailor okay i, see. I thought sailor right. v was sailor moon yeah how would both, anyone they're both, confuse they're that both blonde, <laughs> like they both have similar body types when they like uh there's a time where usagi walks by an arcade and there's a there's an ad for a video uh, for a sailor v video game and it really does just kind of look like usagi it's like oh it, it, she doesn't yeah. have the buns but she has long blonde hair and is wearing a sailor uniform similar to the same sailor uniform that usagi wears for school right yes and, and so i was pretty confused by that like i was waiting for the reveal of her being this crime fighter at night and that's why she was so tired like it explained a couple things and then toward the end of the episode i realized that they were different people <laughs> and yeah. um so I, one of the things i compare it to is the wind of bird chronicle which is a book by haruki murakami uh have you ever read any murakami i've not okay so the Wonder Bird Chronicle is sort of his magnum opus, and it was it came out in ninety four, ninety five. Did I put ninety four? So right around the same time, and it has a sort of similar like strange cat thing going on where he sees this cat and follows it on this sort of surreal journey. And so I kept thinking about that the entire time, thinking it would get weirder in ways that it didn't get weird, when it was mm. really just kind of a story about an evil figure. I don't want to say corporation, but like an evil person trying to harness energy from innocent people. And Usagi saves the day at the end. So it, it almost, there was almost like a smoke screen of something larger. And I knew that there was something larger because it's not really explained in the, in the um, subversion. And it wasn't until I watched the dub version that I understood the sort of breadth of the, the story that it has this whole backstory and the, all these different yeah. scenes are added to flesh out what actually happens. Right. So, that so that sense. is, that is probably the biggest change, at least for this first episode is that in the Deke version, they pull from like, I don't know, episode five or something, some, something further along the episode order. And they just pull out the, the scenes that give the backstory. Uh, Cause I had a similar question as I watched the, the original Japanese first where uh, Luna, the cat is, 
like is is saved by Usagi near the beginning and pulls off a bandaid that's on the cat's head and sees this uh, moon bald spot on the cat and goes like, oh, that's that's weird. But it shows, OK, this is no normal cat. This is the cat that's doing something here. And I couldn't quite tell if the cat chose Usagi to become Sailor Moon because, oh, this is this is an upstanding girl who saved me. She obviously has what it takes to to become Sailor Moon. I should bestow my gifts on her. Or there's another line that Luna says later in the in the episode, like, oh, I finally found you. And I couldn't tell if that's I finally found you because I was looking for you ever since you saved me or I finally found you because that's been my mission this whole time. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't sure as I watched the Japanese version. And then when I watched the Deke version and they say, oh, yeah, actually, all of these girls are just kind of like hibernating. They they are like daughters of this. Yeah, they're like daughters of this uh, ethereal force in space, and they all got sent to Earth, and now they just need the cats to go and activate them into super soldiers. Then then I realized, oh oh, so the cat was just looking for her and couldn't find Usagi until now, and just kind of by happenstance ran into her. And and it all worked out. Um, but yeah, if it would take you a handful of episodes, because I believe there is some buildup to learn that's that's what's going on. Yeah. And and Usagi is just unaware of the the powers that are, lie dormant within her. But yeah, that Deke version just goes and says, eh, the audience, the audience just needs to know this shit right now. So don't worry about the surprise. Um, this actually happens in in some other things too. the in Mobile Suit Victory Gundam. They. Uh, I think this was actually in Japan, though, but they they shifted the the episodes where they made episode. I think it was like three or four. They made that the first episode because it was they thought it was cooler to have an episode with, you know, the fucking mobile suits fighting at the very beginning to pull people in. Um, so there's like a, a couple episodes of that happening. And then they have to go back to what originally was supposed to be episode one, where they're explaining everything because at least by then people would be interested in the show. Uh, but it does make for a very <laughs> jarring experience to go, wait a minute, what, why are we going back now? What happened here? Why, mm. why is he not in the mobile suit anymore? Um, and, and that's a different anime. That's a different anime. That's a different, uh, thing, but it is, I, I do think it's interesting that Deke would have made that choice of, I, I wonder what goes on in the room for that of, what do they determine is best for a Western audience and and why I can I can understand, hey, let's flip. Let's mirror these car scenes so people don't think that people can actually drive on the right side of a car. But it, it does feel weird to me to to make a change like that or or another change that we saw. There's a there's a layer that we see from Queen Beryl and she's holding this staff that has a crystal ball on it and um in in the original version, the original Japanese, she's just kind of putting her hands around that orb. Uh, mm -hmm. But in the Deke version, it's like they found one of those five dollar uh, lightning balls and just yeah, or put you that put effect. your hands on the side and the, uh, exactly. the electricity attracts to it. Yeah, totally. Uh, and it's like they just threw that in the scene to make it more visually interesting. I guess <laughs> some of these choices are just wild. Yeah, some some of the choices are very crazy. Some of the things I liked was I. I I didn't necessarily need the pro prologue where they explain everything, but I think the characterization of Usagi is much better in the Deke version because she's very in the original subversion. She's just kind of like, like we they, they outline it right that she's um, 
a klutz and she oversleeps and mm -hmm. like that's about it and she likes jewelry like the whole thing about the jewelry is just wild that yeah they get really the her and her friend naru get super excited about the possibility of buying jewelry and it's just kind of reductive and with this sort of backstory that she is essential like like i said sleeper agent or has had her memory wiped and she's really this mystical princess it kind of her like immaturity makes a little bit more sense and when she gets her powers in the deke version she is a little un she's a little more unsure about it and she vocalizes that insecurity in a way that i find very believable and she gets over it very quickly by a quick pep, pep talk but at the same time like the the less is more approach doesn't really work in terms of characterizing um the the uh the char characters sorry i'm repeating myself but mm -hmm. um in the subversion but i think it helps when it comes to the mystery of the plot because without that mystery now i don't know if i'm really interested in learning more because i i already kind of know everything and i am i making sense like i, I, I think you are i mean I there's th they, they did a couple up. things. Yeah, there's a certain buildup that you probably get, and there's a certain payoff that you probably get if you watch multiple episodes of it. But for pilot program, if we only watch one episode, right. I like the Deke version because it's more of a completed story because of all that background information. Yeah, I, I think that's totally fair. I mean, we had, we had this conversation where we talked about Deadwood, where here here's a show that is obviously building to something, but you don't see what it's building to in episode one. You, you don't even... You don't even see kind of where it's building to. You just get the 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 hint of what's going on because we have to have all this um, character uh, explanation or or introduction, and we can't really get to what the show's about yet. And I would say the Japanese version is <laughs> yes, the Japanese version of Sailor Moon is uh, basically Deadwood when you think about it. <laughs> in that we have to introduce ourselves to some of these characters. In fact, there are characters we don't we we still don't meet. In fact, four of the most important characters in the show we don't meet in this episode <laughs> because they have to they have to get to that. Um, I think there's also a certain amount of. I, I think the original Japanese audience is more used to the kinds of tropes that go into this stuff. I mean, Sailor Moon is a magical girl anime that, um, that, that did really revitalize the genre, but it's not, it didn't originate this genre. There's lots of magical girl anime out there. Um, and while they're not all exactly like Sailor Moon, I think in Japan, you had an audience who was used to some of these tropes and used to some of the storytelling and maybe just an anime in general used to the way some of these stories unfolded where this might not have bothered them as much or they could already see where some of the threads were going where people like us or maybe maybe just people like you i watch enough anime where i could kind of <laughs> see some of that um but but somebody like you who is not as well versed in anime um I think it is useful to have that that deep version that does kind of lay some of that stuff out and and gives you a, a bit of a, a bit of a hint at, at where things are going. So you can just kind of be ready to roll. And that way, I think the localization kind of worked now calling her Serena versus Usagi and 
calling Naru Molly and giving her the most New Jersey accent. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> the voice actress that they chose for this has just It's basically I think just it's like Snooky a... going, Hey, yeah. you wanna go to my jewelry store? But there's no way that person is actually from New Jersey. They're just no, like absolutely not. They just chose. Out of all the accents that you could choose, uh-huh. I'm gonna do a New Jersey accent for this <laughs> Japanese schoolgirl. It's beautiful. Uh, it's yeah. so jarring. Um it's, there's a it's wild there's a book by i think this is where i remember reading this so uh, if i'm wrong i don't apologize because who cares small detail no one's listening to this um but boss fight books released a book uh, about kingdom hearts 2 by alexa ray correa Mm -hmm. and in it i believe she talks about the how kingdom hearts sort of evolved over time in terms of its own plot line and, and plot lines and, and how it evolved this... is a generous word, but yeah. sure. <laughs> how they just kept on putting more shit into it until uh-huh. it made less and less sense. And a lot of those narrative decisions in Kingdom Hearts are due to the Japanese audience like wanting complexity in, in their stories. And to someone who is not as well versed in that, it seems frivolous, but I think that also works and if that is true if that's how i'm remembering this and that's from that book that that makes sense to me when watching sailor moon and in watching the more light touch of that first episode because it's all going to explain later on be patient mm-hmm. it'll get explained slowly or it's hinted at in certain different ways and you talk to your friends and try to figure it out whereas yeah, there's like an impatience in, in Western audiences where it's like, I got 20 minutes, got to get these ads in, give yeah. it to me, give it to me quick. But but also, I, can, I mean, let's take Lost as an example. Lost, uh, I believe those writers went in having an idea of how that show was going to end. And then one, it got popular enough where they wanted to make more of it to the point of, oh, we sure. need to we need to change our plan because we need to make more of it now. Um, but also we need to change our plan because we're seeing how the audience is reacting to it. And we're deciding we also want to add more complexity to this. And and we also want to still surprise fans. So let's change what the actual thing is because they're getting too close when they're talking about it on the forums of, of what our idea was. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't think we're averse to, to having that kind of storytelling as well. And also it doesn't matter for us, but sailor moon was also supposed to just be one season. It was going to be one arc, one arc ah, of manga that best transitioned kind of to one season of show. Um, and then Toei, the uh, the uh, anime publisher for the show, was like, um, uh, Miss Takuchi, this is this is too popular. Can you please make more? Um, so she had to just end up writing more. So very, very similar to a show like Lost, uh, you know, Sailor Moon, the Lost of Japanese uh, <laughs> of Japan. We all know this. Um, <laughs> she's like, all right, I guess I guess I'll write more of this. Uh, and then they could make more anime based on that. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, like otherwise, like impressions of the the episode, I think the animation is okay. I like some of the background. Yeah. Uh, pictures. What do you call them? Drawings. <laughs> background <laughs> shots. <laughs> yeah, you can say backgrounds. Yeah. Backgrounds. Yeah, I, I think some of the the character design is. I, I think some of like the reaction shots are a little cliche and again i don't watch a lot of anime but like mm-hmm. the crying emoji googly eyes to stuff <laughs> oh, if you, that, that, that's just anime baby <laughs> yeah um but her Although, that was that i think it's even more anime now as everybody's trying to make characters that can be turned into uh into gifs 
uh, and and reaction shots Wolf. and, and <laughs> every memes. day we stray further from God's life. Yeah, 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 honestly, yeah. <laughs> like uh, Spy X Family, which is a, which is a great anime and a great manga, has a character that is specifically built to to just be the little girl who is making faces about literally everything to turn into the most meme fodder possible. And like and and listen, anime is not the only one guilty of this. If you search Shit's Creek in any sort of GIF search, sure. all of like the the corporate approved ones are in there, um, which is kind of icky. But yeah. yeah, I will say I mean, though, you've got fucking succession social media managers who are putting out gifts of the show while the show is going on because they can brand them as succession in the corner and maybe they can own own that as they go on. Dude, it's... they get an impression for every loop. Yeah. I don't know. I don't actually know. It sounds it sounds plausible. It's like the meat <laughs> spin counter that keeps going up. <laughs> um, um I think the the but her Usagi's transformation uh scene is iconic. Just yeah. so uh like burned into my brain. And I've never seen an episode of this. So they must have like I said in the notes, they must have used it in advertisements or I must have caught clips of it here and there, like, or it must sure, happen I mean, a lot in the show. Well, Sailor um, Moon is also a highly merchandised, uh, right? Yeah, thing like there, there are video games, there are movies, there's actual just shit you can buy, clothing you can wear, and and I'm sure there were tons of commercials that had that that Sailor transformation to them. Um, that that transformation sequence is is interesting to me. That's that's kind of a, a bit of. Uh, Japanese animation that you see where, okay, if we can make this thing really nice, we know that we're also going to play this exact same piece of footage and basically have it as a stock thing that we can play in every episode. Every episode, they're going to transform, right? So that's, you know, 10 seconds of of animation we don't have to do again because we did it one time. You, You see that a lot with something like Digimon. Uh, where every time they digivolve, it's the same little transformation sequence. Um, it was like that in the original Mobile Suit Gundam, where when the Gundam had to get its legs attached to the, the body to attach to the head or whatever, you you had the, the transformation sequence and you have to do that one time and then you're done and you can reuse that piece of animation again and again. I mean, the show is is generally like a lot of the anime at the time, very simplistic it is it is built to be something that can be made quickly because um at least in the in the uh, case of sailor moon but also in the case of a lot of anime at the time uh the anime came out like one or two months after the manga did so she's writing the manga story and getting it out there and then immediately they're like okay boys let's make it let's let's build this into anime and the anime actually is is pretty close to the the manga in in terms of the story it's got it's got some changes and differences but it's uh it's not it's not game of thrones there weren't already a handful of books out there and and then they passed the books and then uh that man's never going to write another book in his entire life um he shouldn't have to i mean he shouldn't have to but also let george r martin live he started a thing. Finish what you started, right? No, um, he doesn't. He's not anyone's. <laughs> I don't want to use the word, but uh, <laughs> he doesn't owe any anyone anything. 
he can retire now. He doesn't have to. I'm not saying he owes it to series. anyone. I think he. I think he owes it. I think he owes it to himself to to follow through on the thing. You that don't he know like, what he owes to. Anyone. He's accomplished everything he ever wanted to. In life, probably. <laughs> yeah, he wrote Elden Ring. What more could you ask for? That's true. Greatest game of all time. Um, what do you think about the uh, the two different theme songs, Pierce? Uh, I should have probably listened to them again right before this episode because I don't really remember the how they were that different. I know that one of them is in English, and yeah. like some of the key phrases are um, very different. <laughs> like in the yeah, English, yeah, in the like, English ly- version, lyrically they definitely are different. If you look yeah. at the subtitles in the in the original Japanese version and the the actual lyrics that you listen to in the in the Deke English version, but um, I I really is... don't honestly don't remember the melodies of them at okay. the moment. Um, it's a, would, it's a, like it's a pretty it's a pretty classic song either way. I know, I know. It's supposedly a classic <laughs> song. I did you said it it reminded you of a waltz uh in here. I said it reminded me of a Halloween th- song. Um Okay. Uh like it just had that sort of aesthetic that crops up around Halloween time on advertisements and on certain like holiday specials. Uh Yeah. I also think it's funny that like she is named Serena in the English version. Serena the Teenage... No, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. That's... Wow. Oh, my God. That's really not what you thought it was, yeah. <laughs> but, like, even uh-huh. so, like, that sort of, like... There's similarities in that. In, yeah, you know, I uh, I think... Uh, I think Sabrina the co- the Archie comic predates... Uh, predates uh, Sailor talking, Moon I'm by, all about the 90s, decent amount. That's when civilization but, started and ended. Uh, the Sabrina the Teenage Witch television show, the the live action one, that that took place like only a couple of years after um, Sailor Moon debuted. Right. So and in, it, in that like, sense, I don't know. But that's it, also, hey, it's a magical cat and also a magical girl. Yeah. And there, yeah, that's true. And there's also I think there I should have like I said, I should have watched and you'll be able to answer this for me. You should have watched the shows. Yeah, absolutely. No, I should have watched the shows at all. Yeah. Um, I should have watched them multiple multiple times because when I watched the English version, is the is the theme song is the video version of the theme song? Are there more monsters in it than there are in the Japanese version of the uh, intro? It's it's definitely a different. So in in anime terms, we call it the OP, the opening. Um, we have, yes, have, you know, the yes. we's doing the heavy we, lifting. That's the anime community. <laughs> um, it definitely does have a different opening sequence in terms of the the visuals as well as the song. Um, I, I think you're right in that it has more of the monsters, and and that would make sense if the Deke version came came out years later and they're already pulling footage, uh, later footage to put into a, a prologue thing. It makes sense that they would also like I don't know, let's pull some footage and show people what the show could be about. Um, right. I think the I think the other sailor soldiers are also shown more uh, in the Deke yeah, version. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So in, in, the, in that deep version, it, it also kind of reminded me of um, Scooby-Doo because of that. Like sure. Scooby-Doo will sh- that that opening theme um, will show. Or what would you call it? I guess yeah, they probably don't the, call it the Hanna Barbara. She, <laughs> so, yeah, she's she's the one named Scooby-Doo. That's I think that's the <laughs> lyric. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm pretty sure that's how that goes. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. This I, we you know we've talked about Japanese city pop on a previous episode. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it gave me sort of vibes of it, but it, it certainly wasn't a theme song that I felt really compelled to have an opinion on. 
for some reason. That's fair. I, it was, I mean, it was very, I, like, yeah. bland to me. Yeah, I don't know. I, I heard it, and I went, oh, yeah, I've I've heard people, I've heard this song before, um, at least the English version, and then the mm-hmm. Japanese version, I go, I'm familiar with the melodies that are going on here, even if I know it's not the exact same song. Um, let's see. Some of the other stuff that I thought was interesting... Um, I I didn't realize. So have you seen the meme before that is uh, tuxedo mask and he's I mean, it is it is from this first episode. And that's the part I didn't know. He's in the window at the end and and he's like, oh, I guess my job here is done. Um, And in the in the show, he just kind of dips out and and she's like, wow, he's he's hot or whatever. That's that's her contribution there. But in uh, there's a pretty famous meme out there of you have the clip of Tuxedo Mask in the window saying, oh, my job here is done. And then you have the scene of her looking up at him and it says, but you didn't do anything. <laughs> and and that is the, the reputation I think of when I think about this show is that um, and, and I might be wrong on this. I'm pretty sure I'm not. But I believe I mean, this show is kind of monster of the week. We're going to fight a different monster yeah. each episode and you know, see whatever. Um, but I think it usually goes, oh, no, I'm in trouble. And then Tuxedo Mask comes similar to this episode and throws his rose or whatever and says, like, I'm here now and then <laughs> kind of does nothing. And then Usagi or maybe the other sailor soldiers figure it out and come together and, and do the job and actually stop him. And then he's like, all right, well, great job. And Classic <laughs> man leaves. taking credit I... <laughs> for a woman's achievement. Kind of, kind of. But I did not realize that meme came from this very first episode. And that made me uh, that that was very funny to me when I when funny. I saw those those two scenes and went, that's I, I know where that's from. Um, here's another really interesting thing. Uh, the Deke version, as you probably saw, uh, at the end has a new segment that is not in the Japanese called Sailor Says. Yeah, uh, this is this was really fascinating for me to do some research on because it reminded me a lot of the adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog, which is a, a, another morning cartoon I watched. Um, that wasn't on. I mean, that wasn't our Cartoon Network. I don't know what I watched that on, um, but it was one I could watch. And there would always be a little moral segment at the end where Jaleel White, the voice of Sonic the Hedgehog, that's my Sonic right there, um, would always would always talk about that's going, my Urkel. Yeah, like my way past cool. Eat your chili dogs. Take your vitamins. Whatever the fuck. Uh, but there would always be a moral about you never abandon your friends and and some sure. bullshit at the end. Um, and even more famous is GI Joe. That's been parodied to death at this point of the the G.I. Joe PSAs that they would show at the end. Um, The Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog, by the way, also produced by Deke, um, which I I found very funny. Uh, Jaleel White, though, not Canadian to my to my knowledge. Maybe he's Canadian. I don't know. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's American. (laughs) But uh, how did Deke get a hold of him? Who knows? Um, Anyway, so I wondered, like, is there is there a reason that that these segments appeared. Okay, cool. Uh, uh, is my there a reason these segments appeared? So he was nice. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, was he good at basketball? Did he did he win? Uh, he didn't specify that. He just commented on him being a nice guy. I bet he got dunked Which, on by Jaleel White. It's possible. <laughs> and then he, then he went. Ha, ha. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. What was your question about the Sailor Says segment? Oh, I just I wondered is there is there a reason these things were in all these shows that I watched. And I did you look it up or are you asking? I did me? look it up. Oh, I, I, I mean, do you, if you'd like to give a, a thought before I tell you the actual answer, go for it. My theory is that it's 
easier to sell advertisers into a show that is morally just, and it's mm. also easier to sell the network executives, especially well, when if, it comes from a Japanese market. If your guess was it's because of H.W. Bush and the FCC, then you'd be correct. Ah, kind of am. Yeah, this is like the moral majority kind of thing? Uh, a little bit. Let me. Uh, so the FCC around this time implemented the Children's Television Act of 1990. It was signed by H.W. Bush, even though he and his uh, camp kind of uh, objected to it. Uh, he thought it was some government overreach, and we certainly can't have that. Or the oh, yeah, but government. at the same time, Barbara wanted uh, to put the parental advisory on yeah, uh, rap uh, music. Yeah, hey, okay. hey, small government, man. Small government. Yeah, small government, uh, yeah. No abortions, yeah. <laughs> um... Anyway, the uh, the Children's Television Act, the CTA, uh, did a number of things. It limited the amount of time commercials could uh, be shown during children's programming. It required a, quote-unquote, clear separation between shows and ads. So that's why you'd get some of those eye-catch sequences that would be... Like, they, you even saw oh, that in this episode. Okay. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's Japan, so it wasn't done for the same reason. But similar... I remember seeing sequences in the Pokemon anime where you'd hear Brock say... Uh, and we'll be right back and then yeah. you'd have another section that'd be and now back to the show yeah and <laughs> and like those those were specifically meant to be this is the separation you. between show and ad i hate your voice acting impersonations <laughs> <laughs> like your your sonic the hedgehog voice is I'm, even I'm worse great, than the brock one <laughs> i'm a great brock and i'm a great sonic i don't know i don't care what anyone has to say uh so it did those things. Uh, that's why you get those eye catches. Um, and then it also prohibited what is called host selling ads, which is advertising like G.I. Joe. You can't advertise G.I. Joe figures during G.I. Joe television shows because okay. that would be like while while you do have the most captive audience, the people like yeah. G.I. Joe, um, it's also they also saw it and thought it would be well then you're then you're basically your television show is your ad um if you Which, if you show somebody yeah, it, i mean the, it is the it 80s are like is. that yeah but like if you're watching transformers as a kid and you see starscream and the next commercial you see is buy starscream now you're gonna go out and buy fucking starscream i mean you're gonna buy starscream anyway because starscream fucking rules but um especially like if you're a kid that's uh that's a way to kind of be manipulated into into buying some more shit um so this this CTA was meant to kind of counteract all that stuff. The regulations, though, they really didn't quite work because many stations wouldn't keep the records that proved they were actually following those new rules. God. And the FCC uh, was pretty bad at enforcing these rules and didn't really do anything to stop them. Um so all that kind of happened. But uh, another rule from the Children's Television Act was that broadcasters had to have a certain amount of educational programming in their children's show blocks. Um, the problem is that their definition of what counted as educational was pretty vague or <laughs> didn't say anything at all. Just said That's educational. how laws are written. <laughs> Uh -huh. So that we can so... <laughs> debate them to the nth degree and then eventually strike them from the books because of some totally. So some stations would argue that shows like the Flintstones or the Jetsons were educational because they talked about social or moral issues in the shows. Kind of uh, one one broadcaster said the Jetsons is trying to teach kids about a theoretical future that they could live in. And we're like, come on, come on. That's a bullshit. And you know it. Um, but that's what they tried to argue. Now, other.
other shows would tack on a little moral at the end of their show and try to just make that count and coast on that. And that's what you would see from Sailor Says or the Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog um, or the G.I. Joe stuff. Um, and they 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 did very similar things. And that was their way of saying, well, it's educational because this part of the show tells you what the moral would have been. And it kind of ties into something that you saw in the episode of the show. This is educational, right? And they thought that gave them enough bulletproof uh, standing to to not have to worry about that stuff. These regulations would end up getting stricter in 1996 and more or less put a stop to all of these tactics and Children's television, as you know, is obviously saved. Like, <laughs> there's no problems oh, with sure. kids' TV now. Everybody's fine. I mean, um, again, this is we we we've talked about this a couple of different ways, but like in a streaming culture, like like advertisements are, I guess, on Hulu, um, mm-hmm. and so it's easier to target. But it's also probably a lot easier to track. I would imagine. Like, if you if everything is digital, it's probably there's a record somewhere. Like, is there a law that they have to keep? track of the the type of advertisements that they put on children's programming uh i'm probably and, know, and yeah. also i mean this is this run for is public office like people google, uh, <laughs> this is probably like also a google adsense question at that point right yeah what does what i mean i know when i put out a youtube video um on youtube.com slash at chase k plays mm-hmm. um when i put a youtube video out there there are certain things that you can mark as this is um this is not for kids or this features kids in the video or something like that. There are some levers that you can pull there. And I have to imagine that affects the types of advertising that can be shown or the advertisers that know, okay, here's, here's a chunk of all content creators. And we, we have a general idea of the audience or at least, um, what's what would be objectionable in here or if there's no objectionable content at all you could put your ads that's safe for a kid on this when you um, when you put out your roblox videos you can yes, advertise absolutely. your robux in the mm-hmm. in the advertisement so that you're getting a cut of those robux oh yeah everybody yeah. knows roblox that's that's the way to get rich mm-hmm. uh, every, everybody <laughs> that has worked on roblox uh as an individual creator they've all gotten super paid <laughs> Well, the content creators are getting paid. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're getting paid and the Roblox people are getting paid. Not many other people are getting paid. Uh, all right. Let's I know this is already a longer episode than Pierce wanted. Let's run into the, <laughs> the legacy of Sailor Moon and then let's get out of here. So Sailor Moon, like I said, it's far from the very first Magical Girl anime. Um, the beginnings of, of Magical Girl anime, they date back into like the 50s. Um, but it did really revolutionize it. And, it, and one of the things that it. It combined these uh, the magical girl style uh, kind of genre with uh, the tokusatsu genre Uh, tokusatsu. That is basically men in the rubber suits. That is your common writers. Um, That's that's your Power Rangers, which is also kind of a subsection of tokusatsu called uh, Sentai or Super Sentai. Uh, Super Sentai is what they call Power Rangers in Japan. Um, And and so the idea of Sailor Moon pulling from some of those genres and then eventually getting a team of five uh, and and making their own kind of Power Rangers style group, uh, except with Magical Girls, that was <clears throat> really new and transformative at the time, uh, especially for uh, a show for girls. 
and that led to a lot of popularity in in Japan and honestly around the world. Uh, North America did not get Sailor Moon for a while. We we mentioned that the show originally was shown in Japan in 1992 and 1995 was that that first run syndication. Uh, It had already been out in like Mexico and Italy and a ton of other places. Russia. Russia apparently is a is a large place for Sailor Moon. Uh, Mm -hmm. Vladimir Putin loves Sailor V. She Mm -hmm. he's all over that. Mm -hmm. Probably. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) You can't say he isn't. (laughs) that's true that's true um i won't be put in a gulag for that um (laughs) but uh it it really it really has been a a kind of global popularity thing the original manga ran from 1991 to 1997 it had 18 volumes it had a sequel uh so that was like a sequel to uh codename sailor v um it had a number of different arcs and those different arcs led to different shows. Uh, so, so Sailor Sailor Moon, what we watched here is they, is also called Sailor Moon season one. But then they had uh, subsequent seasons that they called different things. So season two is called Sailor Moon R, and then there's a Sailor Moon S, Sailor Moon Super S, and then finally Sailor Moon Sailor Stars finishes up the original run of Sailor Moon. Uh, they also had three animated films, one in each of R, S, and Super S. Uh, and there was also a 49-episode live-action show in Japan uh, <sighs> that was called Pretty Guardian Sailor Moon. Um, and it's 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 got the girls dressed up in their sailor outfits and all that stuff. I have not seen any bit of it. Uh, I've seen one screen from it. Um, and then it also got a second reboot anime for the series' 20th anniversary that's called Sailor Moon Crystal. That ran for 39 episodes from 2014 to 2016. That is supposedly like a more faithful retelling, an even more faithful retelling of the manga. Um, and it was it was what's called an ONA, an original net animation, which is um, kind of like a web series thing. And then it's gotten picked up and it's out. I think it's also on Hulu. You can you can watch Sailor Moon Crystal there as well. Um, and it has had two two-part movies. There was uh, one two-part movie in 2021 and another two-part movie that releases in Japanese theaters in June of this year, 2023. And I think one is in June and the other one's way like later in June. It's like they're coming out real quick. It's it's not like, oh, we're going to show part one of The Hobbit and then two years later we'll show Hobbit part two. Uh, it, it is like, no, you know, you come like June 1st and then you come June 30th and now you can see both parts, which seems odd to me. I like that. It's um, like two weekends of Coachella. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Perfect. Um, Sailor Moon also led to a widening of the anime and manga market in the U.S. and Canada, where the series was originally dubbed by Deke, as we said. Um, it brought in a lot of younger female fans. Anime, nobody really even thought of what anime was. If you were watching... Toonami, I, I think there's a Toonami did a better job of saying this is the Japan shit. <laughs> like right, we yeah. we found this stuff. <laughs> but, you, um, late night freaks are into this. You're right. But like, like if you it. if you think about uh, that first run syndication, that wasn't really a show from Japan at that point. That was just a show. And and it was put on next to other cartoons, Western cartoons. Yeah. And I think you have a lot of people who didn't even think of it as anime. Uh, but when you see that, you just you see something cool and then you see, oh, there's there's more stuff like that. And you learn about anime and, and it got more people into that 
um, that subsection of, of animation. Um, and then it's inspired a ton of a ton of other works. Um, some of the ones that I saw um, is uh, Totally Spies. Do you remember Totally Spies? No. It was, it was kind of like a Charlie's Angels thing of like one of them's in red, one of them's in green, one of them's in yellow, I think. Um, I don't oh, know, yeah. OK, I do remember this. It, it was also like, oh, we're just like regular girls during the day. And then we then we kind of get Charlie's Angeled up and and go out and fight crime as spies. Um, but that has a similar bend to to the Sailor Moon stuff. It, it's a very popular, very uh, wide reaching anime that has inspired a lot of things. Um, and then the last thing I want to mention, and I I want to preface this of um, I don't know if you know this about us. Uh, we're two males, straight males here. Um, so I don't know if we're going to have the uh, most wide ranging expertise when it comes to feminism. Um, I think we're, we're both. Al- I, we're I allies. We're, I think we're more than allies. I think we are feminists. I will put a label on. Myself. Sure. I'm a Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. But I don't think I can speak to the wider uh, history of feminism uh, as well as other people could. No, we're also dudes that are straight and white and grew up in rural middle America. Like we have our own biases. This is is exactly my point. Uh, But I I think it is interesting that from a Western perspective, when Sailor Moon really broke out in the United States, this is also kind of during this feminist girl power movement that was going on at the time. And uh, this kind of, Hey, you can do anything you want, but you can also look beautiful. Like this is, this is also the era. I remember seeing Barbie commercials and this is where Barbie had all these different jobs that she could do. She could be a veterinarian. She could be a movie star. She could be all of these things, but she's also a fucking Barbie doll. She also has these unrealistic proportions for, for a girl, right? But also girl power, we can do whatever we want. And and I think that's shifted now, like feminism have cha- has changed in the last 30 ish years um, and, and ha- what people's attitudes are and different body types and that kind of stuff and beauty standards. But I think I, I mean, I don't want to speak from a Japanese point of view because I have no idea what uh, Miss Takeuchi's uh, idea was when she was making Sailor Moon or whether whether the idea of women's bodies in Japan had a, had a different connotation than they do in America. But the show ended up having these very uh, uh, skinny. I was going to say lithe. And then I thought lithe lithe sounds like a, something a creepy person would say. Yeah. (laughs) I don't want to say that, Uh, but they're all extremely thin and extremely feminine. And when they do their uh, transformation sequences, they, um, you know, it's a it's a silhouette, but it's a naked silhouette. And like there is there is some skirts are dangerously short. Sure. I mean, they're not this show is not sexualized. No, um, I'm not shaming either. But there. Yeah. I mean, it's not sexualized, but there is sexuality in here. Um, And I think that's sure like that. That should be brought into this in that like it's okay to like if there is some level of um empowerment involved in someone who is of age like of, that can like make decisions themselves i guess i mm-hmm. should say but it gets a yeah it gets a little even more eh, a little dicey when they're 
young teenagers and they are you're right they're not sexualized but they are close to it i mean the their power the 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 power that you get becoming sailor moon is to to hypersexual yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it is to to show off hypersexuality it is to to get this new suit with a with a shorter skirt with this stuff um my point my point is that i don't know if the when the original japanese version of this was being written it was being thought of in this same context um i mean obviously japan could see what america was doing around this time too and i'm sure our influences influenced japan as well what we were what sure, we were you doing have, shows over there you have different movements in other mediums like the riot girl movement in music during the early 90s uh i think certain blockbuster films are also interpreted as feminist uh mm-hmm. films like clueless or um well i'm just blanking on <laughs> every other example i should have <laughs> yeah, just clueless, the, clueless one, the one movie the only movie that did this <laughs> you know um, legally blonde <laughs> sure but I, I think it i think it's interesting how regardless of whether this was made with that context it ended up fitting in extremely nicely alongside the the same kind of culture the same kind of movement that was already going on in america when i think about things like barbies and and how they treated women and and how you wanted um how you wanted young girls to think about what they were capable of doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I just thought that was interesting. And, and this show, um, I, I think was generally a pretty good representation of, of women. I mean, you see, I know you mentioned the jewelry thing of that being a little, um, a little played out of like, Oh, the women like jewelry. And yeah, they're going gaga for it and you go to the the jewelry store and it's like a it's like a black friday sale at kohl's where they're all just moshing around trying to get to the the cheap jewelry um and then i think you could also see when there is that that first real fight that usagi gets into with the the monster that she immediately is like oh i don't want to fight this is too scary i don't i don't want to be a part of this at all and part of it's like ah she needed the man to kind of come in and save her um, but he also didn't didn't defeat the monster and, and she kind of figured it out on her own. And she uh, and also it's the first episode. She's just getting used to becoming this thing. She's not she's not confident in her own abilities and skills. She doesn't even know her own abilities. She needs uh, Luna to come and say, hey, by the way, throw your throw your fucking crown. Throw your crown at that, yeah. <laughs> that, that beast. You can kill it. Um, so I think for this first episode, I want to be a little bit more generous and say, hey, she's still figuring things out. She's going to turn into the confident woman who is who's part of the, the sailor uh, soldiers, even though I know also she's she's going to stay her klutzy crybaby self because that's that's her character. And that's that's what they want her character to be. Yeah, um, I just and, found and it interesting from it, a Western it, feminist perspective. It It is interesting. And it's also like we're it's not our place to say what people find as like, uh, as empowering or like mm-hmm. if you, if you feel represented by sailor moon, awesome. Like that's great. Um, we're, we're not saying that you shouldn't or that it's a bad representation. It's, it's mostly just, yeah. From the, from the perspective of a couple white dudes in 2023 who are trying to be the best versions of ourselves and be mm-hmm. inclusive and be uh empowering to the women in our lives like yeah it does 
there's just some questions. I think questions yeah, is what I, eyebrow I mean, raises. Right. And and I guess I'm trying to say it's not a value judgment on whether the show is good or bad that it that it does these things. But it does. I, I think it does have interesting historical context when it came out and when it came out in a different country that was that was going through this kind of a movement. And yeah. I found that to be interesting. I mean, I, I think about like Bayonetta when you think about Bayonetta and you hear some people go like oh it's fucking hypersexualized it's so it's so awful and then you hear some women some feminists going i mean that's actually super empowering like she yeah. she is she's totally in control of herself she chooses uh when to sexual sexualize herself she's not an object she chooses that and then you have another section of going yeah but like it's men who created her uh in the video game and it's men who make the camera angles that do this and i mean yeah you can you can accept her as your empowerment icon but also there is a whole lot of male gaze shit going on around this uh and it's it's weird. It's it's tough. It's very thorny. And then you can also have somebody else come back and go, well, the voice actor here, like she she gets down oh, some of that. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I, no, I did not mean the, the voice actor controversy with Bayonetta 3. That is not what I'm talking about. But the idea that a voice actor can say, I am this character, I embody this character, and I have some agency over that. Right. Um, it, it's a it's a. This is what this is the beauty of art, though, and yeah. that you can have these different uh, valid perspectives and the truth within yourself is the right answer. I think at the end of the day, and, and if you're willing to be open to someone else's opinion and change yours a little bit, all the, that's all for the better. Um, yeah. That's why I like doing this podcast with you, man. So I'd like the I, deep version. I, al- <laughs> <laughs> I also like doing this podcast with you and that's why I'm so proud to have a Patreon that we don't have. Yep. Um, <laughs> 10 episodes. All right. We've reached syndication. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think we need 10 times more than we've done to uh, to reach that point. But it's a good thought. It's a good thought. Um, all right. Let's finish this out. Uh, as as we mentioned really early and hinted at, our next episode is going to be on The Shield, which is a show that I know is one about bad cops and two Michael Chiklis is in it, who was the thing in the Fantastic Four. And I know nothing else about Michael Chiklis. So I have no idea what's going on here. I Yeah, this is a show that I wanted to watch because I remember when I started to get into movies when I was like 14, 15, I guess. It was because the show mm-hmm. came out a little bit. Um, there was a lot of whispers and like reverence about The Shield, that it wasn't on HBO and that it was like an HBO-esque narrative yeah with complex characters and so like I, I think i watched maybe a couple episodes at the time but i never really dug into it this is a great opportunity to do that yeah i i'm looking forward to it i don't want to to spill too much i mean i i don't know too much so i can't really spill too much but the idea like you said it's like this hbo show and i i think you can read a little deeper into that of it's kind of like the sopranos it has it has that anti-hero role that that Michael Chiklis's character is is a part of that you can then trace to your Breaking Bads to your Mad Men's to all the fucking shows that we have that are basically just this now. Um, the but boys. this one was still, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, but I think you can you can trace certainly uh, a Tony Soprano to whoever Michael Chiklis's character is. I, I have no idea. Um, we'll get into it. 
but I, I'm excited to do that Detective episode with Michael. you. I don't know. <laughs> I, yeah, I was, I was going to say, is that really true? Because I, I highly doubt it. Uh, Pierce, would you like to uh, tell us about a music recommendation? Before yeah, we uh, I have a, a new album recommendation. It is by a enigmatic beat maker wow. from Australia. I'm so impressed. Wow, like that. Um, they're, I don't, we don't know their, uh, uh, who they are. So their name is Your Best Friend Jippy. And the beat tape that they just released is called Beat Tape 38. Very easy to search. Um, okay. But it is a lo-fi hip-hop beat tape, beat tape with a lot of um, samples, a lot of uh, like old advertisement samples, like thoughts about art in it, while also having this really catchy, vibrant um, beats that go along with it. It's largely instrumental, but it's super long. It's something you can just kind of put on the background and work. Or in my case, like I put it out when I'm uh, working out. And uh, check it out. It's really it's a great summer album. Beat Tape 38 is what it's called. Sounds great. Do you, do you think he made 37 other beat tapes and went these are good enough? Or they did. Uh, they did. Oh, make sorry. They yes. Yeah. They made much more than that. Um, I have not <laughs> dug into those other releases. I just found this one. Oh, are those out there? Like there, there is actually a beat tape 37 for somebody yes. to listen to. Oh, yes. OK. Nice. I thought I thought this was going to be like a, a Super Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo situation no. where no, we never made a first one, but uh, no, this is cares, like right? uh, Sailor Moon, where they actually made a, way too many episodes. <laughs> yeah, except the Deke version, where they had to cut seven episodes <laughs> because of all the the Japanese culture shit they cut. Hey, hey. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, as we prepare for landing, I would like to tell you to remember that you can follow po- program. Pi- oh, fuck. Uh, you can follow Pilot Program on Twitter for now, I guess, until that site explodes uh, at Pilot Program Pod. You can also follow me at Chase underscore Kenneke on on Twitter. That's K-O-E-N-E-K-E. You can like and retweet my famous Zhuge Liang three inch tongue tweet. That's oh, uh <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, uh, taking the nation by storm. And the nation is, of course, ancient China. Um, <laughs> um, you can also, like I said, I've got a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Chasey K plays where I am playing video games. Currently, I'm playing through SteamWorld Heist very slowly. Uh, but then I'm going to play, I believe, Pokemon trading card game after I finish that. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, and then I do another video game uh, style podcast with my good friends uh, Bobby Pease and Johnny Amazich. It is called Casual Hour, and you can follow that www.thecasualhour.com. You can find all of our social links there and uh, see when the show is. Uh, we we put it out on Twitch, so you can get the Twitch link there as well. Uh, as for this show, you're already listening, but just in case you aren't, uh, shows.acast.com slash pilot program. That's where you can follow the uh, get the feed, I guess, and, and listen to new episodes and read my terrible little description write ups um, that I'm not very good at. And I don't like writing, but I'm a professional writer, so I do it. Pearson's going to do it. <laughs> oh, you think those are too long, too? Uh, surprising. Uh, anyway, with that, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed your flight. Until then, thank you for flying with us at Pilot Program. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. And let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. In other words... 
Hold my hand In other words Baby, kiss me Fill my heart with song And let me sing forevermore You are all I long for All I worship and adore In other words, please be true In other words, I love you 